Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. The message this morning I'm really excited to share, but I believe it's for all of us in this room. Whether we've been in church for many years, whether it's our first time in church, it doesn't matter. I feel like this is a word that we can all put into practice in our life. And I'm really looking, for, looking forward to sharing with you this morning. But I wonder if you could turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. I'm going to read some scripture. I'm going to pray and I'm going to get into it. So 2 Kings chapter 4. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation in case you're wondering. So NLT. It will be up on the screen if you don't have it. Um, but, you know, hey, if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to sort that out as well. So come chat to us after the service. We'd love to be able to place one in your hands. But New Living Translation, 2 Kings chapter 4. I'm going to be reading from verse 1 to verse 7, and it says this. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. Now, just some context, Elisha was the man of God in this age. So in the Old Testament, what we find and what we see is that God chose someone to be his voice and to demonstrate his power to the people of Israel, and Elisha is that man right here, right now. And so this widow comes to him saying, my husband who feared the Lord is now dead. And now she says, but now a debtor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Can you tell me what you have in your house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting, them, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did just as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. Soon every container was filled to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. The title of my message this morning is simply Empty Jars. Everyone say empty. empty. Everyone say jars. jars. Awesome. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your presence. We're so grateful that we can gather here this morning together. And we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us this morning. We ask that we would encounter you. We ask that you would transform us from the inside out. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would step forward and I would step back. And that we would all know you better, reflect you more, and represent you more. As we see your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And everyone said? Amen. 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 I feel like there's two types of people in the world. I feel like there's two types of people. There are hoarders and there are chuckers. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Maybe you're married to one of them, you know? Like, like I feel like there's people who love to keep things. That they're the what if I need it again type people. Anyone else brave enough out there to admit that you are the what if I need it again type person? There are more of you out there. You are lying right now. I know because I'm married to one of them. <laughs> 
It's like, we never know when we might need it, you know? But I, I'm a bit of a, I'm a, I'm a chucker to be honest. Like, I'm like, hey, if we have not used it, it's going in the bin, you know? And people are like, yeah, but you can resell it. I'm like, I'm not gonna resell it. I'm chucking it. I've got to get rid of it. It's in my, and there's two types of people. There's hoarders and there's chuckers. But I feel like if we're honest, we all have a little bit of hoarder deep down inside of us. Like, let's just be real. Us chuckers are just not brave enough yet or secure enough yet to let it out, you know? Like, that's all. That's all it is, all right? So I feel like we all have a little bit harder deep down. You know how I know this? Because some of you still have DVDs in your house and nothing to play them on. Yeah, you know who you are. You know who, and you're like, no, but we paid money. I'm like, yeah, but you've never watched it in years. And you're like, you got nothing even to play it on anymore. You, can, you know, like... Not even cars have like CD players anymore. Like that, you keep, you're holding on to it. And you're like, yeah, but memory lane. I'm like, yeah, but you have Netflix subscription as well. You're holding on to it. You know, you know how I know some of us are hoarders is, is I know some of us love to keep uh, the boxes from all the new things that we buy. Anyone else out there? Maybe you buy shoes or a new phone or whatever it might be. And you keep the box and you're like, but I'm going to resell it one day, you know? And then you've got like 20 boxes in your one cabinet. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Good to know. I know that most dads are hoarders deep down inside. All the dads are like, no, we're not. I'm like, yeah, you are. You know how I know that? Because you keep every spare screw that you find, every spare Allen key that comes with an Ikea flat pack, you keep it and you put it in your toolbox going, one day I'll need this. No, you won't. Because you'll just go buy new screws from Bunnings anyways. Like, but it's like, no, no, we've got to keep it because what if one day we need it, you know? All the mums know what I'm talking about because, you know, you bought something for your baby for like one month, you know, and they used it and it was great, but you still have it 13 years later and it's still hanging around in your storage closet somewhere. I feel like we've all, we're all a little bit of hoarders deep down inside. And I think that there's nothing that reveals our hoarding ways more than when we move house. Anyone know what I'm talking about? It's like... It's kind of like when you hoard, it's like if you hide it away, you're not really hoarding it, you know? Like you're not really, it's like if I don't see it, you know, I don't think about it, right? But when you move house, you're obviously unpacking everything, you're packing everything up, you're putting it in boxes, you're getting ready to move, and all of a sudden you're finding all these things that you had no idea that you had, that you thought in one moment, no, I will keep this because I will need it one day, and I'll know where it is. And you discover all these things, and then packing becomes way slower because you're going down memory lane, or you're like, why on earth, who kept this around? And it was actually you, like, 10 years ago, you know? But it reveals it, and as a result, often when people move, I feel like often what we end up doing is that we end up doing a bit of a clean-out as we move as well. You know, it's like when you move house and you do a bit of a clean-out. But if you haven't moved house in a while, you know, you know what I'm talking about because every spring it comes around when you kind of get in the mode to do some spring cleaning. You know what I'm talking about? Like spring comes around, you do some spring cleaning, and then you got to tidy up the house a bit, get rid of the stuff from last year. Or maybe you do it right after Christmas. That's, I feel like that's my time, right? Like right after Christmas when like just everything has been hectic and Christmas day morning has been, and it's been awesome. There's been presents. There's been great things that have been going on. But I'm just like, I just need to get rid of everything. <laughs> because it's just, what happens is that over time we just, we gather clutter, like it just, it adds on. We all do it. We all do it in a way. We all do it in whatever way applies to you. We all have something in our life where, where we just kind of gather clutter in our life. And, and kind of what happens is that we get to a stage often where we get a bit claustrophobic or we need more space. You know, we've been watching The Block and Shayna Blaze is like, it's all about the storage. And I'm like, yes, yeah, Shayna Blaze, come on. All the blockheads out there know what I'm talking about. All you other people are like, what's going on? Anyways. It's all about the stuff, but we gather clutter and we need space because we, we, we don't have anywhere to put new things. And as a result, we end up having to do a spring clean. We clean things out and we clear things out. And it's the same, I feel, in our spiritual life as well. 
What is often true in our physical and our practical is often true in our, in our spiritual as well. It alludes to that. And I feel like in our life, a lot of the time when we go through a discipleship journey, when we're journeying on following Jesus, on following the one in our life who is our source, who is the one who frees us, who is the one who sets us free, often what takes place is that over time, we gather clutter. We end up storing things. We end up having things around and working on things. And can I just say right from the get-go that when I'm talking about clutter, I'm not always talking about bad things. If you remember all the mums out there when I said that you had to buy that thing for your baby that they did use for a month. Remember, they did use it for a month, but then they grew out of it. See, it's not always bad things that we gather. Sometimes it's things that have just stuck to us over time. And as a result, there's clutter in our world. In our spiritual world, there's clutter and it creates a bit of a claustrophobic uh, feeling within us. And as a result, we don't actually have anything new that God can, new space for God to come and do new things in our life with. And I feel in 2024, if we want to see the power and the presence of God in our life like never before, I feel like what we have to do, church, is that we have to go on a bit of a spring clean in our spiritual worlds. We have to do a bit of a spring clean. We have to open up some of the cupboards we've kept closed for a long time. The things that we've hidden away, the things that we put away, the, the hurts, the past pains that we push to the side, the habits that were once worked but now no longer do, the things that we used to do but now no longer do as well. Whatever it might be, I feel like God's going, hey, it's time for a bit of a spring clean. And the thing I love about the story that we read is that it's this powerful example of what I'm talking about. Because what we see is this beautiful account of this widow coming to the prophet Elisha. And she goes, hey, my husband is dead and he served and he feared the Lord. And I've got this debtor coming to collect a debt that I cannot pay, that I cannot do, that I cannot provide what he's needing. And so he's threatening to take my sons. And Elisha goes on this journey of asking, what do you have? She says, I've got oil in my house. And he's like, cool, awesome. And he goes, hey, go and grab all the jars that you can. So she goes and grabs all these jars and then he goes, hey, pour out your oil into these jars. And we read and we saw that the oil keeps going out of this little flask into all these jars until there were no more jars left. Now, a couple of things I want to highlight. Number one is this, is that I am sure she didn't just have 50 jars lying around that were empty, ready for oil to be poured out into them. I'm sure that those jars were used to store things. I'm sure the jars were used and they had stuff in them. And I'm sure that what she did when Elisha said it, she tore her house apart at first and went, all right, cool. I'm going to find every single container that I can, every piece of Tupperware that is ducked behind in the cabinet somewhere, everything that I can find, I'm going to pull it out. I'm going to empty it out so it can be used for us to pour it out. And then she goes to her friends and families and gathers more jars. And she's like, hey, whatever jar that you have, can you give it to me? I don't care what's inside of it. And she just chucks it out in front of them and she takes the jar and they're just like, what are you doing? You know, like, they're like, I love those flowers, whatever it she just grabbed him and she brought the jars over. There was a cleaning that had to take place first. There was a, a, there was a removing, there was a letting go. There was things that were in the jar that needed to be removed first. But then what we find, which I think is, this is amazing and this is beautiful, is we find this beautiful moment where she's pouring out the jars and she goes, bring me another one. And her son goes, there are no more jars left. And then it says the oil stopped flowing. In other words, the amount of oil that she received was determined by the amount of space that she had. 
And what I want to encourage us here this morning is this, is that Holy Spirit eagerly desires to occupy the space that I intentionally create for Him. Holy Spirit eagerly desires to occupy the space that I intentionally create for Him. See, I believe that God is calling us to a season where we need to be like empty jars and have a bit more space in our world so that the oil of heaven can be poured into our life. Now, the oil in the Bible represents the anointing and the power of God. And so in this story, when oil is used and depicted, it's not just an oil from a monetary value, what they can sell, but it actually represents something for us. It represents the power and the presence of God. And so when we read it and when we see the fact that, hey, if we were to have space, there would be oil that is poured out. What it's really saying is if we would make room in our life, God would continue to flow out and pour out His power and His presence in our life if we were to make room if we were to make room. I love what Pastor Tony just said, is that often when the Bible says, wait on the Lord, often He's waiting on us though. Yeah. Yeah. What is making room and what is making space in our life looks like? It looks like waiting on God. It looks like pursuing Him, having Him as our number one, not Him waiting for us, but us waiting on Him, pursuing Him in the morning, in the evening, whenever we can, whenever we have the opportunity to be worshiping, to be praying, to be magnifying Him. That's what it means. So when we're talking about making space, when we're talking about making room, really what we're saying is transitioning from Jesus just as Savior to Jesus being our source. Because Jesus is Savior, absolutely. But that is the start of your spiritual journey. Jesus as our Savior is the start of the spiritual journey. For the start is, Jesus, I know that you are my Savior. You saved me. But then He wants to transition into us understanding that He is our source. He's our source of life. He is the one who brings the power. He brings His presence into our world. And we cannot do this without Him. We need Him every single day, and yet we need to make room for Him in our lives each and every single day. See, as long as there's room, the power of God will continue to flow in our life. And the reality is, is that we live in a world that celebrates busy. We do. I, I, I can almost guarantee you when you ask someone this morning, when you rocked up to church, you're like, oh, how's your week been? I can almost guarantee you at least one person that you met said, oh, it's been busy. Because we view it as a badge of honor. A badge of honor. Oh, I'm not wasting my time. I've been busy, you know? And yet God never called us to live busy lives. He called us to live filled lives. And so for us as a church, when you go on a journey, we need to understand for us as going, hey, I don't need to busy myself, but I need to create space that I might be filled and as a result be effective for the kingdom. In whatever area you find yourself, whether it's your workplace, your university, in your friends and family, whatever it is, there needs to be space so that God can outpour His power and as a result, we can be effective. God never called us to be busy. He called us to live filled lives with His presence and His power. See, creating room always requires us to let go of something. That's why I was talking about fasting just before because as a church, we've been fasting and fasting perfectly describes what I'm talking about this morning. See, fasting is about creating room and space that we might encounter God more. And so what I'm trying to do this morning is just go, hey, what we've done in fasting, we want to do in all areas of our life. 
We want to create room and space that we might encounter God at a whole nother level. If you've never encountered Him before, then creating room and space allows you to encounter Him for the first time. And it is amazing. If you've been in church for so many years and you've just been, been going faithfully and consistently time and time again, guess what? God is more ahead of you. He's got more for you. And all He's waiting for is a bit of space so that He can pour out the power and the presence of heaven in your life so that you can be renewed and the Bible says it this way, that you can remember your first love. See, God has more for us, but it requires us to let go of some things. Just like fasting. And the thing is that we never accidentally make more room for God. Even notice that? You're never like, oh, I accidentally made so much room for God in my life. It was great. This week, I just accidentally found myself just making room for God. No, it's always an intentional letting go and an intentional pursuing. Always. So you have to make a choice. The thing is, is that we can't just say, oh, I was busy this week. No, you chose to be busy this week. Sorry. But we did. Let's be honest. We chose it. Because reality is if we didn't choose to make room, we chose to be busy. There's an intentional letting go and an intentional pursuing of God and His presence and His power that we need to have in our life if we want to walk in what God has for us. If we want to see this year be all about the one in terms of relying on the one and finding a one. I'll tell you what, we need to make more room in our life. We need to create space. We need to open up things. We need to let go of some things. We need to empty out some things. We need to give some things to God. Why? Because if we go about continuing to carry and hold on to what we have been, we will miss what God has for us. It's never an accident. It's always an intentional choice with your calendar, with your time. Do you intentionally make time for God or just see if you're feeling up for it? In your relationships, in your finances, in your responses to people, are you making time and space for God to move? So the question I suppose off the back of that is this question is, am I living a busy life or a filled life? When I look at my week, when I look back at my week just being, when I look back, when I look ahead at the week coming up, is it busy or is it filled? Because it's two very different things. Because here's the reality is that I can't expect God to move in my life if I haven't given him room in my life. See, in the Gospels, obviously, we see the story of Jesus. Amazing. I would encourage anyone, if you haven't read, read any of the Gospels, just to go and read them. If you want to know where to start reading the Bible, start there. Go read the story of Jesus. Best place to start. <laughs> but we see time and time again, Jesus being probably the busiest person on the planet, right? I mean, his, his calendar is full. So full, in fact, he's preaching, and then he jumps in a boat to cross a lake, and everyone runs around the lake to meet him on the other side. In fact, so busy, so often we see that one moment Jesus is on his way to go provide a miracle to Jairus' daughter and heal her, and someone interrupts him mid on his way. This guy is in high demand. And yet in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, guess what we read? It says, very early in the morning, when it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So Jesus had a lot going on. There was ministry. He was being effective. And yet he still, as the Son of God, chose to make room for God in his life. And if he needed it, how much more me and you? How much more me and you? 
how much more do we need to make, make the decision every, up, every now and then to get up before the light was in the sky? Some of you are like, oh, I hate that point. Yeah, oh, sorry, Jesus did it, not me. <laughs> well, I do it, but anyways. <laughs> Jesus understood the importance of making room. He intentionally sought God's presence, sought his power, spent time with him. If we're just rocking up on a Sunday and that's all this looks like, I would say we're not really making room for God in our life. I would say, as Pastor Danny puts it, we're being professional Christians. And God's desire is that we would make room so that he could outpour his power in his presence. So the question I have for that is, what do I need to let go of to create more room for God? And ultimately, the the thing that I want to say is, the question also is not how big God is, it's how big God is in me. Because God is always big. A lot of us, even a lot of us who, who have been coming to church a long time or, or doing this Christian walk a long time, you would know the bigness of God. You're like, yeah, I know he created everything. I know he's a big God. I know he's all powerful. I know, you know, the question is, I, don't, I know God's massive and we can't even describe how big he is, but my question is, how big is he in you? Because that's the journey of discipleship. That we would be transformed and that God would get bigger and bigger within our lives. Each and every, in fact, John 3 verse 30, the New King James Version says this, he must increase and I must decrease. What does that mean? I will make room for him to increase and I will decrease. Sounds great. But let me put it this way. God, your pathway over my preference. God, your pattern over my pain. Come on, is, is the Bible the living word of God or is it just a book? You know, it's a living word of God. And if it is, we're to take it as truth and outwork it as truth. And if we are, we need to go, hey, God, you increase and I decrease. But as we do that, I'll tell you what, when we do that, something amazing happens. The power of God comes in our life and empowers us to continue to outwork it as we make room for him. So really quick, I've just got a couple of points that I would love to share with you of how, why it's important for us to make room. Number one is that when I make room for God, I invite the growth of God in my life. I invite the growth of God in my life. Do we have any, uh, I'm gonna call them plant parents. Is that what they're called? I don't really know. Plant parents out there. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's all the people who love plants and it's like they've got so many plants in their house and they talk about their plants as much as I talk about Zarea all the time, you know? Plant, plant parents, you, you might understand what I'm gonna I'm about to talk about and what I'm about to say, but for those who don't as well, I've also bought a picture of a, of a bonsai tree. I think we've got that up here. Look at that. That's my bonsai. No, it's not. I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. It's a bonsai tree. A lot of you might know what these are, but essentially they're, they're a tree that is planted in a small pot. And because of the smallness of the pot, it restricts their growth. But you know what's interesting about these trees? These trees are normal trees when they're planted in the ground. They grow meters tall in the air. There's nothing that changes. The only thing that changes from the small bonsai that we're looking at now in this little pot to the one that's in a garden providing shade to people is where it is planted in. And you know what's interesting is I was reading up about them this week is that often people, when they start with bonsais, they would start with a small pot and get it to a certain size. And if they want it bigger, they transition it to a bigger pot. 
And as they do that, the plant and the tree continues to grow bigger. Why? Because there's more room in the pot to grow. See, here's the thing. The reason me and you need to create room in our life is because God wants to bring growth into our life. But if we do not create room, you and I, we stunt our spiritual growth and we remain where we're at. Because as a result, what takes place is that we don't have anywhere to spread our roots. We don't have anywhere to grow to. We don't have anything to grow into. And we just keep the same size. So when I make room for God, I invite the growth of God into my life. Here's the thing is that our smaller pot and mine your life, it might be more comfortable. It might be a better fit right now. It might be more work to repot it, to get a bigger pot, to get more room. It might be all those things, yeah. But man, it's worth it for the growth of God. Man, it's worth it for the goodness of God to come. Man, it's worth it for the new things of God to come in your life. Man, it's worth it to see yourself step into the transformation that He has for you. Because when we trust in Him, He never leads us astray. We're seeing it this morning. He is a good God. He is so good. And when we follow Him, He leads us into all of His promises. But when we stay within our little area of control and our area of comfort, we miss out on what He has for us. See, when we make room, we invite the growth of God into our life. So God has called you and created you for a purpose. Hebrews 12 verse 1 to 2 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. I love what it says there. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders everything, whatever is holding us back, whatever is the clutter that we've got in our life, whatever is the thing that is making less room for God to move, let us throw it off. Why? So that we can run with perseverance the race that He's marked out for us. So we are called and created for a purpose, but we need to make room so that we can grow into what God has for us. Second one is this, when I make room for God, I see an interruption as divine invitation, not irritation. This week, I got home from work and it's been, as you can tell, a big week for us and in this church and it's been amazing and it's been great and been so blessed by everyone's response. But got home and I was feeling a little bit tired and I was hanging out with Zareya on the couch and she's, she's awesome. She's just using me as a climbing gym at the moment. And so, you know, like just hands and feet all over me, just climbing up on me and it's always great fun and we're on the couch and we're just chilling and I was like, oh, like just relaxing. And then she's got this thing at the moment where she's learning to communicate what she wants. And so um, she'll point at something and just grunt a lot, you know, like it's just, I'm like, that's not how you ask for things, but you know, like we'll run with it right now. And uh, I was, she was doing, and I was just like, Zaraya, not right now. I didn't look at what she was looking at. And it was funny, my, my first response was irritation in this moment. Cause I was like, oh, I'm just tired. I just want to sit down for a little bit. I love you lots. We'll play in a second, but like, and then like I looked and what she was pointing at and looking to grab was her little Bible, her beginner's Bible. And in the moment, I was like, to be honest, my first thought still in my head was, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to do anything about this. But my second thought that I felt the Holy Spirit just quickly reminded me of is what a privilege it is to be able to sit with my daughter and read the Word of God with her at a young age where she's desiring it, and to encourage her, and to go, hey, that is a good thing. And so what I said to her, and Ashari was sitting there, I said this, I was like, Zaria, I would love to read the Bible with you. Anytime you want to read the Bible, I will read it with you. 
Because in the moment, even though it started in a moment, there was a little bit of irritation, I realized it was actually an invitation for what God is wanting to do in her life. And if we want to make this year all about the one, in terms of the one that you're finding, let me tell you, there are going to be interruptions in your week. There are going to be interruptions in your calendar. There are going to be interruptions in your conversation. There's going to be interruptions in your plan. And if we're not careful, we will respond out of irritation rather than realizing that it might be a divine invitation for what God's about to do. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a situation. Maybe there's a strategy God wants to give you and deposit in your life. But if we're not careful, we'll view interruptions Interruptions is irritation instead of a divine invitation for what it is that he's about to do. See, God never works on our schedule. He works on his. If we're not intentional about making room for him, we will miss the God invitations in our life. I love it. Even Jesus, he's walking, like I said, to heal this Jairus' daughter in the Gospels. It's found in Luke 8 if you want to go read it. And uh, he's on his way and he gets interrupted on his way to heal someone with someone else who's requesting healing. And he stops and he gives it the time. Why? Because it wasn't an interruption that caused irritation, but it was one that was a divine invitation. And she, this woman, was able not only to get healing, but to meet the Messiah and the Savior of the world who stopped and had a moment with her because of an interruption. And lastly, as the band come up and join me, not only when I make room do I invite the growth of God and see interruption as divine invitation, not irritation, but when I make room for God, I am trusting that what God will outpour is far greater than what I can produce. Let me say again, when I make room for God, what I'm doing is I'm trusting that what God will outpour is far greater than what I can produce. And I want to sit on this one because if I'm honest, this is the one that probably God challenges me on the most. And I think I might be in good company this morning. Because as humans, we like control and we like doing things. But the gospel is not about us doing, it's about God doing through us. And for him to do that, we need to create room and space for him to outpour in our life. It's not about what we can add to, it's about what we're being. Sometimes making room can be scary and intimidating because the known clutter is sometimes more comfortable than the unknown future. The known clutter is sometimes more comfortable than the unknown future. But what if I need it again? Is God your provider? But it brings me comfort. Isn't he the comforter? Anything that we choose to clutter our life with ultimately is a counterfeit from what God can actually do. He is the Prince of Peace. He is your comforter. He is your provider. He is your breakthrough. He is your healing. He is your strength. He is your courage. Not anything else, not anyone. No, that's Him. And when we make room for Him, we see Him move in our life and What he pours out is far greater than what me and you can produce. See, Romans 15 verse 13 says it this way. May the God of hope fill you 
with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, making room is actually just trusting God. Making room is faith in action. Jesus is not just our Savior. He is our source and He is Lord. And when you trust Him, what He outpours is far greater than what me and you can ever produce. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.